2: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
3: Ah, uh, this should be fun. The tweets, Motesy. I wonder what the tweets look like on a Monday. Somebody getting fired.
2: I'm, I'm sure we're going to get a oh, fire Canada. You or, and or I are probably getting fired. Oh, getting fire Canada. We fire got about 37 Austin. of those.
3: Fire yep, fire Austin. No, you, promote Flores. Fire say, Austin. You know somebody
2: getting fired. That, that's 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 what I'm expecting.
3: Blame Canada. Canada on strike. How many more South Park references can I make? Yeah. Oh, this this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. Is can it I? bad that I'm still thinking about
2: them dig on, uh bread and butter?
3: <laughs> like I'm really hungry. Over is it here, bad bro? that I'm still thinking about all the wings that I like, devoured like in legit Buffalo hungry this weekend, right now, bro?
2: Like, which which you go to
3: anyways? Had a good or, time. where did get them from? Had a good time. Um, I got wings three times three nice gabriel's gate okay uh eddie's tavern yeah and then they had after you know post game they have the food yeah where where'd he get it from la lenova lenova oh yes yeah Yeah. pizza and wings post game yeah, that's yeah. the best that's the best part of the day baby lenova, lenova nice lenova <laughs> it was good those, yeah lenova's a good one like for being like a like a chain pizza place yeah. it was it was good those were good wings no 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 trust me like it's not like your regular chain. It, it's it's legit. And there were some, you know, there were some people in this town leading up to Sunday that were like, "Pittsburgh's got just as good as wings as Buffalo does." They don't.
2: All nah, right. Nah.
3: Mm-mm. They La- don't. Hey, hey, lie to yourself. Don't lie to me. Okay? <laughs> you can lie to yourself. You ain't lying to yeah. my
2: stomach. Is that simple?
3: Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not acting like you know Buffalo wings are uh wagyu beef out right, here, right. and they have to be prepared nah, to assert a certain. We ain't
2: saying that. Nah. But up there, it' a little different.
3: They good. They good. They real good. Um, Josh, you know what? Let's 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 start here. Josh wants to know, um, if you're going to make a coordinator change in the regular season, it would it be better to do it now? If they were to do something drastic like letting go of Matt Canada, how would that affect Kenny at this time? <sighs> Moti, were you, were you were you you ever have coordinators fired in the middle of the season? No,
2: because it just makes the issue more chaotic. Well, actually, no, excuse me. I have had it, and, yeah, it did make the situation a little bit more chaotic. Arizona, my final year, we fired the offensive coordinator. uh, I forgot the guy's name, but we ended up promoting uh, Byron Leftwich. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: That's right. I remember that.
2: And even though some of the stuff did work out well, anybody that remembers Josh Rosen, that was his rookie year, we've seen how Josh Rosen has turned out since then so did it really work out that's the question i personally don't think it worked out and then i've been places where we just fired offensive coordinators defense coordinators and all season stuff like that but anytime you're talking about changing coordinators it's a ripple effect it's a trickle down effect you're complaining about consistency and execution and you take away the head of that Person just trying to direct them in that manner. And now you're gonna bring somebody else who's gonna have different concepts, different ideas, different techniques, different personalities. Not saying that you can't be successful with it, because I'm sure there's a one out of however many that it probably has been. But the likelihood of it, I think, that's the difference, and that's why for me, I don't really get. You know, that's not the thought process I really like to operate with. But I understand for people. When you want some type of change, you just look there and say, Well, you know what? This isn't good enough. We'll just pull the plug.
3: And the coaches are the easiest thing to change. Yeah, I mean, right. in that regard. You can't yeah. what are you can do, bring in ten new players. Right. But
2: like I said, man, it's kinda like if this has been your teacher the whole season or the whole school year, for the first semester he was your teacher. And then the second semester you got a whole new teacher come in there. Now, it could work out, right? teacher come in have great concepts you pick it up right away y'all speak the same language and everything is perfect it's fluid right but it can also be where he's speaking chinese and you're speaking uh arabic so to speak you know where you're just not able to mesh the concepts it doesn't fit i've had that happen actually now that i think about it the more i go down this memory lane i do remember <laughs> having coordinator switch in the middle of the season yeah i've had a decent uh defense coordinator switch george edwards to dave wanstad
3: mm. in the middle of the season
2: no, it didn't help because George Edwards was a 3-4 defensive coordinator. Was a, that was a 4-3 guy. guy. Yep. So what do you think happened when we made that shift from George Edwards' 3-4 defense and 3-4 personnel, 3-4 communication, 3-4 checks, 3-4 everything, to now week I think it was 9 or 10? Whew. Now we're starting to run 4-3. So instead of you being an outside linebacker that's on the line of scrimmage, now you're stacked back and you're talking about read a read triangle. Read read these guards over here. You're like, bro, I rushed the passer. What
3: is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hold we, on a second. We made the change. We you, did do that. Did you not get the scouting report? I rushed the passer. Yeah. I don't drop back into coverage.
2: But once again, at that time, though, because I do remember part of the the, I guess, unrest in the area, it was – Well, hey, you have Dave Wanstead, who is highly decorated and all these other things, and he's just your linebacker's coach. If you just simply promote him right now, everything changes instantly. And we were like, man, this is different. Like, you're changing the personnel. You're changing the identity of what we are, what we worked for all offseason. Now, that following year when we got a full offseason with Wanstead, it was a lot better. But it was after a full offseason. And that's the thing when you're talking about switching coordinators in season, why I'm not a big fan of it. It's the personal experiences multiple times now that I have had a chance to recollect on it. They usually don't work out well at this level. Not saying it's impossible, but
3: highly unlikely. And you could still maybe, right, and you could tell me if I'm wrong here, you could give some more responsibility to Mike Sullivan yes. without without making sweeping Correct. staff changes. And
2: I've, and I've endured yeah. that as well, and that does work. But when you try to do a mass overchange or a mass, we're gonna fire this big position. A shift big in philosophy. Name, yes, yeah, that's where you start. It just gets crazy because everything that these guys for these first couple of weeks. What do you think they do when they lose? They come back and try to get more in tune. They try to perfect it even more, the techniques, the concepts, and philosophies. So essentially, you're saying all this time and effort that we've been putting in to build up to potentially get to a position where we can be more consistent, where we can be more dependable, where we can be more accountable. Mm. Now you want to hit the hard reset button. So it's like I get it, but at the same time, I'm not a fan of it. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it.
3: Hey, but got, this is my opinion. You Never. got the experience. Man, that's my opinion. You know, to my, lean on.
2: Anybody can have an opinion. That's well, mine.
3: CR tweets us. What up, CR? Still a nation. Chicago. Nation. Chicago. Said I'm feeling good about Kenny Pickett, but the defense is in bad shape. Gave up four first-half touchdowns, a 98-yard touchdown, 21 points in the second quarter, 400 first-half total yards. What say you? Listen, there's there's two things here that I think the majority of Steelers fans are trying to act like these things are mutually exclusive when they're not, when they can coexist together. That Mike Tomlin and Brian Flores and Terrell Austin, you would think with that trio of minds, the Steelers would be doing better on defense, and that at the same time, uh, man <laughs> a lot of that defense is is being held together by some 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 duct tape and uh and, and some things like that right now there's a reason the Steelers haven't won a game without TJ Watt and that dates back to last year as well too so could the defense still be better absolutely no doubt at the same time too though it, you and I have talked about this there's there's excuses and then there's realities and that's just a reality right now. They're not, gonna exu- they're not going to make they're not going to make excuses, and I don't want to sound like I'm making them for them, um, but it's you know it's not like they've got all their bullets in the holster and they're still going up 400 yards in the first half.
2: Yeah, I mean, I me and Chris had, uh, and all three of us had talked about just the money part of it, right? They're a highest paid defense, yeah, but they're missing about 36 million dollars from that defense out there, and right Minka now. clearly
3: was it was not 100. Yeah. percent <sighs> It's not good. It's not good are the most.
2: You know. <clears throat> but it is one of them things, man. When y'all out there, you got to play. So,
3: it's got to make it happen, man. Got to make it happen. Rudy tweets us and says, good thing I had some adult beverages to numb the pain. Steel City Champs tweets us and says, tough game yesterday. Was impressed by Kenny for his first start. Um, the only thing that had me shaking my head for the entire game, driving down the field into the red zone, and then we turn cold. And that's that's frustrating because yeah, there was some for
2: 4 in the there was some
3: positivity yeah. there in some of those drives, uh, some of that's on Kennedy. some of that's certainly on the wide receivers. You know, we, we talked about some of those moments in the first uh, first segment of the show. You know, Deontay Johnson's got to have that one on fourth down. Uh, Chase Claypool is has got to have a couple of those. Deontay needed to have two or three of those catches. Same with Chase Claypool. Um, that's it's frustrating. That's part of the growing pains, though, right? Is you hope at least. There's that's, that's an area where if I can see improvement in the last 12 weeks, I'll put a lot of stock into that. They've got to get more cerebral in the red zone. And, you know, everyone keeps bringing up how highly rated the Bills defense is, Motsi. That's part of what good defenses do. They let you drive the field. But when you get into the red zone, that's where they bend. They don't break. They hold you to to field goal attempts. They force turnovers. That's what good defenses do. They can still surrender the yards, but they find a way to keep you out of the end zone. Hey, and
2: to find some uh, positivity, our defense kept them out of the end zone in the red zone. They were one for four, and we had a turnover in the red zone. We forced a fumble and recovered it. Shout out to Cam Hayward.
3: Yeah, and we did. See positivity. Yeah, we did positivity. Devin tweets us the human flamethrower. That Devin. He says tweeting from Costa Rica. I mean, oh man, way to, Wow, way to rub it in, nice Devin. Flags. I want to know what you. Devin, I want to know what you do, bro. He always trades, always somewhere. The Puerto Rico, Maybe Costa Rica. Nurse. He's a traveling nurse. Man. Mexico. He says, tweeting from Costa Rica, we can fire everybody you people want. But the offense is bad. The defense without TJ Watt has been bad. The front fl- four, unless Cam Hayward is dominating, has been bad. The wide receivers have been dropping balls. Yet everything comes down to Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada. No, it's... Listen again. That's what fans do, right, Moti? Is they try and they, they pick their one thing, and this was good, and that was bad. Pick it good, Canada bad. You know, Pickens good, Tomlin bad. That's that's what we do as fans. I get it. And I'm here to tell you, folks, when you lose 38 to three, when you've lost four games in a row, it's not that simple. I it's wish it not was that simple. right. I wish it was that simple. I wish it was just if the wide receivers start catching the ball. This team will be fine. If the defense plays a little bit better, this team will be fine. If Matt Canada calls a little bit better players, this team will be fine. It, it's not that simple. You don't lose four games in a row. You don't lose by 35 points if it's that simple.
2: Well, and the thing that I always find funny is this, too. Not only is it not that simple, but if it was that simple and that easy, don't you think every other team in the NFL would be doing those same things? I mean, we talk about it. Carolina here.
3: Panthers just fired Think their coach a it. couple we, hours ago. We talk
2: about it in Pittsburgh. Like, it's just, oh, it's just snap your fingers, man. If you just change that, it's fine. If not, you're
3: seeking comfort. And if not, you're a hater. It's like, bro, look around the league. Look around the league. There's <laughs> a lot of bad teams out there. The Washington Redacted slash football teams slash commanders. Mm-hmm. Is it commanders or Commandos. I think it's commanders it's commanders
2: yes it's commanders <laughs>
3: <laughs> they've been trying to figure it out for decades the jets they've been trying to figure it out for decades the lions no i no put some put some respect on the jets hey jets cooking the mm-hmm. lions kind of oh, they lost but they're playing they're playing much better football too they ran into that bus named bailey zappy that's what they did bailey speaking of which did you see real quick the uh the guy from the commanders that got shot yeah, Brown Robinson in the attempted yeah, robbery. Dope, man. Did you see the intro that he I had did. yesterday coming out the Many Men by Fifty I did. Cent? That,
2: that was major right there.
3: I thought I meant to send
2: that to you. Nah, that was major.
1: Blood that's comeback in player my of eyes, right there, and man. I can't well,
2: see. Once he came on that field and touched that, I so that's the comeback play of the year. Go ahead, chalk that up, man. You've earned that, baby. Because yeah, anybody that took some hollows or some hot ones, yeah, that is not a fun <laughs> thing to come back from.
1: Mm-mm.
3: I have not, but I can only imagine. Rod Dalla tweets us and says, shout out to Arthur Marlette for getting the boys right in the locker room. If They don't want to be there and be fully committed. Peace out. No,
2: 100%, man. Big time respect for my Arthur partner right there, man. And for those that feel like, oh, he's not big enough of a name or a cachet and things like that to speak up, that's not how it works in the NFL locker room, man. If you're a guy that's a natural leader, if you're a guy that can speak up and you're a guy that is respected, man, the guys listen to you. Arthur Mileta one of them dudes. Arthur Mileta is a pro's pro, man. He practices the way he's supposed to be. He conducts himself the way he's supposed to. On and off the And since coming here, he's been a productive player. I'm glad that he was, you know, not happy with the situation and perturbed to the point where he wanted to voice that and speak up because mm-hmm. sometimes you got to.
3: It doesn't always have to be yeah. Cam Hayward. Right. And, you know, your, your future uh, Hall of Famers, your All-Pros speaking exactly, up. Exactly,
2: man. Sometimes it takes that. Sometimes in the heat of the moment like that in the locker room not a players only meeting not any of that type of stuff but just passion raw emotion when i'm looking out and i'm like yo we just got beat by 30 what are you smiling about if i just got beat by 30 what are you keying about what you laughing about i'm not saying that football is the end all be all but man we in the moment still shoot you technically ain't even supposed to be on your phone Tweeting until an hour after the game. If we are being real about it, you know we break them rules though. <laughs> but, but you know, I'm just saying in, in the sense of like respecting the moment, respecting being yeah. in the moment. Yeah, we just competed our tails off, and you just able to turn the switch off that quick. Like nah, man, make it mean something, or at least lie to me and make me think it means something. Now you might do whatever you do when we get on that plane, man. You might do whatever we do once you land, you get back to your car. But while we here, man, you better put on a face and act like it.
3: So act like you act like you're bothered.
2: Absolutely, 100. Yeah. I can understand where Arthur Mylett's coming from. Because when you're losing constantly, and it gets to the point like how it did yesterday where they whooped you on and off the field, so to speak, in terms of the extraness, the physicality, and all the other stuff that people want to, you know, make a case for one way or the other. But either way, that was a full-on butt-kicking from start to finish. There is zero that you should be happy about. Zero that you should be having a good time about. I don't care if your family was there. Hey, you happy to see it? Mate, you know how many times— my fan did talked talk to me after the game, and we didn't got beat. And they was just like, yo, today ain't one of them days for him. All right? We're going to take them pictures. At that, we out because he ain't in that type of mood mm-hmm. because it matters.
3: We've all been there.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So 100%, man, I can understand where Arthur Millett was coming from, and I'm glad he actually did say no, me something,
3: too. man. Me too. I, lo- I love the fire. You're going to need more of that these last 12 games. Absolutely, man. C.C. Ryder tweets us and says, I am willing to teach the Steelers both Chinese and Arabic if it will help out. <laughs> I can't stand y'all. I can't. That was awesome. That's a good one. <laughs> Tweet it, It's That's only awesome. Monday. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. It's only I Monday. It. I love it. <laughs> Chris tweets us and says, I feel like we need some leadership and veteran presence on the offensive side of the football. Uh, you know, we've got a bunch of first and second year players playing really big roles, a bunch of new guys, and it just feels like they haven't had the experience yet playing in these big time games. It's it's certainly a young offense. Rookie quarterback. Every wide receiver except for Deontay still on their rookie deal.
2: Oh, I, you know I don't agree with that, man. You I mean, don't think they need a Hines Ward? George Pickens ain't played in big games. Fair point. Najee Harris ain't played in big games. Mason Cole. Like am I like James Daniels? That's all I'm saying. It's like, we, it's not like your traditional young team where you don't have guys that have played in big moments. It's like, we got guys that have played in big moments, big games. Claypool's been here for a while and he's had some big games as well, Deontay as well. But our younger players that we're speaking on, these boys playing in natties. Is a, is a natty not a big game? The cops were playing at Bama in Georgia. It's not, that's, that's big time. That's part of the reason why we love Kenny, right? We say, man, the moment's never going to be too big for him, right? Because, Mm -hmm. hey, he played at Pitt and he won the AC Championship. He was a Heisman finalist, Mm -hmm. all these other things. It's the same concept. So I get the, the narrative that we're trying to create right there in terms of some of the youth, but I truly don't think that that's the case right here. I just think that we as a team have to be a lot more consistent. I don't think the moment's too big for them, though. I really don't.
3: Frankie Z tweets us, and says, Professor Moats has become the voice of reason in my head. Am I in need of therapy? You two making logical, reasonable points. And the yinzer in me is having trouble with it. <laughs> Pass it's the like Prozac and wings, please. It be like that sometimes, man. <laughs> it do be like that sometimes. Uh, Steeler Rocker tweets us, Jay in New Hampshire. There it is. Uh, He says, my problem is um, I looked at the potential and my own expectations before the season began, I think especially after that win over Cincinnati in Week 1. Truth is, you know, this is just a a team that's struggling right now. Maybe time to tamper some expectations. How's that for built-in comfort?
2: Expectations are a huge element of this thing. But we've talked about that. And we've got
3: high ones in Steeler Nation. And and rightfully so. Absolutely. yeah, That's the way
2: you want it. Yeah, you would much rather have the expectations be high. I just always say that we can't lose sight of context, though, with our expectations. And that's my thing. It's like, man, trust me, I want the team to win every game by 100. But I understand the context of how games are played and just the nature of the NFL and how competitive it is. And when you talk about the NFL, which for the professional sports, this is one of the best leagues in terms of parity, in terms of never knowing who legitimately is going to be good? The Los Angeles Rams won the Super Bowl last and year. And they
3: are struggling. The My Cincinnati goodness. The
2: Bengals represented Cooper Rush AFC. completed
3: 10 passes yesterday, like, and they beat the Cowboys beat the Rams. Like, Their quarterback completed that, 10 passes.
2: Think about that. Like, that type of stuff is in the NFL. You don't get that in other sports, not consistently, but that's a part of the NFL. So when you're talking about
3: the natural parity as is— It's a league where every team's designed to go, well, they can't go 8-8 and anymore. Right, but but it's designed to be like Win eight or nine games. The worst
2: team picks first in the draft, right? The best team picks last. It's designed for parity. So, what I'm getting at is this. When we are down players, when we are having self-inflicted issues on top of that, and we're not being consistent, this is what you get. But the beauty is, because we just broke down that parity and how tight of a a talent league uh, how tight the talent dis- uh how, how tight the talent is across the board distributed and stuff like that the beauty is you know if we can just execute better if we can have more attention to detail the minutia, if we can operate with more detail and efficiency in those areas this is a different team think about some of the drops just those alone how do they change the drives that's, in the end,
3: the final score—you still might have lost the game, but just in the right. t- in the sense of not by thirty-five points, but just in the sense of
2: little changes—to give you the context, those are little things
3: mm-hmm.
2: that would have still resulted in tangible points.
3: Yes, hundred percent. And that's before, they left—they left points right. out there on the field, without a doubt.
2: That's just all the self-inflicted stuff. Not even talking about when Buffalo made just a couple of great plays. Not even talking about that, because obviously, man, the one play where Gabe Davis takes the ball from Minka, thats a great play.
3: That's yeah, a great play. It's
2: a great play. <laughs> But we're not even talking about those type of plays. I'm talking about the other type of plays where it was more, like I said, self-inflicted. Can't be self-inflicted. No. At this level, when you're talking about week in and week out, the Buffalo Bills, they've learned that. Last year, they were still doing some self-inflicted things. Think about how they played as last year and how arrogant they were in some of the third and fourth downs and how they would go for it as frequently as they did. What did they do yesterday? They took field goals early on. Yep. They was like, no, we're going to get points. Last year, they weren't doing that. Last year, they was going for it. Remember, when they owned 30, they went for it.
3: And they got a field goal blocked early on too mm-hmm. by the Steelers. Uh huh. But even they have learned from that. Even mm-hmm. they have said, you know what, we can't always operate
2: with this laissez-faire attitude offensively. We have to be more consistent, more
3: buttoned up. We've got to, when the points are there, we've got to capitalize yeah. and take them. Yeah.
2: And that's part of the reason why this Bills team is where they are this year because they have been able to do that. But those are the things that we're striving to get to. We have to be more consistent. And like I said, man, I know we'll keep hearing people say, "Hey, this is the number one pass defense, the number two defense." However, we want to say it. that was not that. That defense is all in the sideline. They wear street clothes. That speaks to the depth that they have and how well coached they are, but multiple, uh, but ultimately it speaks to how disciplined they were. Mm-hmm. Because I'm simply asking you to execute these concepts and do it every single time. And if your best is a 7, give me a 7 every single time. You know why? Because I can win with that. Right. But what I can't win with is a 7 this time, it's a 4 this time, it's a 9 this time. Then it's a 3. Oh, now it's a 3. Yeah. I can't win with that. And at times, that's what we get in all three phases.
3: It's well said. <laughs> Hessian tweets and says, Actually, Wes, after yesterday's game, I'd much rather hear all about WVU today. Please and thank you. There we go. There we go. Well, we got Baylor on Thursday night. Hey, now. Real make or break game. Man, we got Marshall this weekend, man. season, in. for Neil Brown's future. I mean, Matt Rule's on the market right now. I mean, I'm not telling the WVU boosters where to spend their money. I'm Uh-oh. just saying. I thought he was going to Nebraska. Oh, geez. We can't spend with them. You ain't got Nebraska money. That's what I'm just saying, man. Nebraska, ain't they got, got, to... ain't got Big Ten money. I'm just saying,
2: man. Matt Rule. Which fan base do you think is better? Nebraska Cornhuskers or uh, West Virginia Mountaineers?
3: Define better. Larger. Nebraska, for sure. More passionate. Even. Ooh, okay. More realistic, though. I would say WVU fans. Fair. Nebraska fans think they should be Ohio State or Alabama. They
2: absolutely do. Because they're living in we the past. We just
3: think that we should be like eight and
2: four, They Maybe living like, yo, remember, I remember Eric Crouch, but I remember what he did for us. We need that again.
3: We think we should be like Pittsburgh for the last couple of years. You know, yes. pretty good. Yes. And then you have that occasional year where you're we really. We make good. a run for it. Yes.
2: Nebraska's like, we're supposed to be a perennial powerhouse. We're at Blue Blood.
3: Bro, Bo Pelini was going nine and three there every and year they and rid they rid of fired him. they were nine and yes. three every year and they yes. fired him. <laughs> We got a lot of tweets. Uh, Zach tweets us. Uh, Matt tweets us. Concerned uh, about Deontay Johnson and how, you know, he he needs to be doing more to, to help out this offense. And, and the drops are concerning. And we talked about that a little bit in the first segment. It's not just him. Chase Claypool is in that conversation as well, too. And that's why, Mozi. you know, I get back to where we started the show again. Like you said, if you're going to make a change at quarterback, that means you can make one anywhere. Let, let's see more targets to George Pickens. Let's—I like the idea of a little more Miles Boykin out there as well, too. We didn't didn't we spend all training camp talking about how we loved the depth at wide receiver? This is correct. Calvin Austin could be coming back here soon. This he's he's in that window now, that 21-day window, so he's got to come back in the next two weeks. Let's turn over some stones there.
2: It's kind of the approach I would like to take personally.
3: DJ the Sparky tweets and says, "Because I can't keep watching them, 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 them 38 to 30, That was rough." <laughs> DJ the Sparky to you, DJ like, the Sparky. They put in
2: to eight backups, like the backups to the backups.
3: Can I just tell you right now, too? I'm fully expecting. Speaking of Hessian's tweet, I'm fully expecting to drive my butt down to Morgantown on Thursday night, where it's supposed to be cold and rainy the whole night, and watch us get our butts kicked by Baylor. And it's gonna be like 1 a.m. by the time I get home. <sighs> That's some hard work and dedication. I'm I like it. i just a like your energy, I'm though. just a sucker for pain. It'd be like that. DJ the Sparky tweets us and says, Wes, Moatsy <laughs> stays keeping you off that cliff. What a great co-host.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just enough to know how bad it is, but not enough to make you want to, you know, end it.
3: Uh... Jeff tweets us and says, "I understand Canada's taking a lot of heat right now, but the defense is just as much of the problem, if not more. Understand they're missing some star talent uh, and injuries, but come on, 38 points when the Bills could have scored more.
2: Oh yeah, think about it. we we started. They started off slow offensively. We fumbled our opening kickoff,
3: and they got no they points don't get from no that. Points on that. Yeah.
2: Then they had in
3: that moment right there, I thought, okay, maybe yeah. the Steelers are going to have a yeah. chance today."
2: Then we obviously get the Levi-Wiles interception in the end zone as yep, well. Yep, All right. We made him kick another field goal in the red zone. Like, we, we was low-key, all right, early on. It was 10-3 to three with, what, 10 minutes in the second quarter?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. That's what it was. It was 10-3. And to three. Buffalo
3: was clearly carrying yeah. play, yes. but you were still in striking distance. Absolutely. Yeah. May tweets us. It shifted says, on
2: the uh, – On the the, the second Gabe Davis touchdown. The second Gabe Davis touchdown. That's that's when it changed.
1: Yep.
3: May tweets us and says, here we go again, living through another Catastrophe Monday. (laughs) Victory Monday is a lot more enjoyable than Catastrophe Monday. Oh, victory. Steeler Nation 920 up in Wisconsin tweets us and says, Benny, come back. You can blame it all on me. (laughs) We were fools. So that's the answer? To see what we have without you. (laughs) Benny, come back.
2: This is funny, bro. I love it. Solomon
3: Solomon in Alaska tweets um, that he has some faith in this defense if they can just stop the big plays at the worst possible moments. And I, I think that's fair.
2: And we also have to remember yesterday in terms of some even, of the explosive plays, man, the Buffalo Bills is That's what they, they do. are a really good team, but they're explosive. They can beat you the long game in terms of 12 play drives, or they can quick strike you. I understand we like to, you know, when we especially when we're going into a game, man, we get hype and we try to talk and say certain things to motivate ourselves and sure. stuff like that. Sometimes sure. we will downplay the opponent. The Bills is not one of them teams, though, man. The, we haven't seen a team like the Bills this season.
3: No, we have not.
2: Like, regardless of which I want to say about well, any of the other teams, Buffalo is Buffalo. Certainly for not week right one now.
3: Cincinnati. Not at all. I
2: mean, maybe in week 10, yeah. but. But this is a Bills team that, when, you think about some of the times or some of those seasons, especially, like I said, 14 through 17, right? Where we would come in and we we're just like, you know what, we're on one. We're going to go on a 10 play or a 10 win stretch. We're going to, we're going to put seven, eight in a row. Like, we knew we were going to do that multiple times. That's what this Bills team is like right now. They come into stadiums. They come into seats. They know, hey, man, we're going to win 10 of these things guaranteed. We're trying to see if we can get this one seed. Like, that's the conversation. That's their energy right now. So when you go into that type of environment and we go a little less than ready, like we were, and part of that is on Coach Tomlin as well. He's not absolved of this. He knows that.
3: He he said as much yesterday. Yeah.
2: But when you go into a game like that versus a team like this, this can easily happen. And as you pointed out, it could have been
3: worse. They left some they points left on the points field, out too. There. 100%. All right, two more here as we wrap up. The penultimate tweet. Hey, now. Comes from Francis. Now, this is good. Francis said Remember during the offseason, you guys had a hypothetical 17 and 0, lose to the Browns in the AFC Championship game, or go 3 and 14. Would you rather? Did you guys put this into reality? <laughs>
2: I blame Wes. His, no, it, I always say, football left to no, be played. Hold I, I on always say I don't like hypotheticals, and he always want to us until we hypothetical right into reality. So I hope you're happy now, Wes. Hope you're happy. Enjoy.
3: <laughs> Last one, and this will be a good one for us to get out of here on. Joe tweets, and he wants your opinion, mozi Oh, man, I'm nervous when um, He said, you know, in times like this, you hear a lot from Steelers fans. They like to bring up that. You know, Mike Tomlin never has any offensive or defensive coordinators that are poached from his staff to become head coaches elsewhere and just wants to know what you think of that line of logic and how fans use that as a criticism of his coordinator hires.
2: That's cool. I would just say that he typically likes to build from within his own organization. And part of the reason I say that is because Keith Butler, he was on this staff as an LB coach for multiple years, then got promoted to D.C. You talk about Terrell Austin. Now, granted, he wasn't here the whole time from the start, but familiarity is still there. Yep. And then, obviously, from there, he stays here. Now he gets the promotion. Randy Feetner was like that. Same concept. Matt Canada, same concept. Mm-hmm. That's Haley just, was an outlier. Yeah, but for the majority of the time, they like to hire with familiarity. And part of the reason you do that is because the communication is the same, the identity is the same, the mindset is the same. It's one of those things where if I'm going to battle with you, I want to know that we at least think the same. You might not be as talented as this guy over there, but our ideologies align, our values align, our morals align. Hmm. And I'd much rather go to war with you and say we can figure out the rest than me going to war with a guy that's ultra talented, but me and him just aren't on the same weighting length. We don't communicate the same. We don't have the same mentality. We don't have the same interests. Hey, our temperament, he's a little bit more erratic and irrational than me. Well, when you're the head coach of a team, your job is on the line every time. Every time, every person you hire, right, wrong, and different, it goes back to you. So yeah, I get the criticism, but at the same time, I say I don't hate it because clearly the method has worked. The success, the success, regular season and postseason has been there. We could paint whatever narrative we want in terms of the recent postseason success, sure. But if we want to do the witch hunt, let's go around the league and play that same game. We only do it when it fits a certain narrative, and that's the same thing that, as y'all can hear in my tongue, I'm not a fan of. I don't like narratives. If the context is there and it makes sense, sure. But when it feels more like a witch hunt, it's like, nah, get out of here with that. And when we're talking about Tom and specifically his staff being poached away and things like that, it's like, okay, cool. The teams that do have their staff poached away, how successful have they been? How successful are they ever? Mixed bag. Sometimes it works. No, no, no. You know? No, no, no. Not mixed bag. Duration. Tom in here 15 years, 16 years, right? Yeah. Okay, 16 years, we go down, each and all these other head coaches that have been at their respective places for that long, and we'll see how many of those got poached off of those staffs, not just, oh, well, look at this guy. He's a one-off. I don't care about outliers. Show me track record. 15, 16-plus seasons, one coach, same location. How many guys? Marvin Lewis, let's check him out. Mm Because he was at a place for a long time, right? Long time. Bilicek, let's check him out. How many of his coaches that have been poached from his staff have been known to be successful? Pete Curry, he's been there. He's been in Seattle for a long time, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Sean Payton,
3: okay. Andy Reid. So we've been talking about Eric Bieniemy getting a job for five years. Hey, he don't interview well.
2: <laughs> good, good thing, Mark, uh, good thing, Matt, Matt Rule. He, he can interview well. Good thing he interviews well. Uh, he
3: be interviewed you in know? Morgantown here yeah. in a
2: couple of weeks. Hey, hey Joe, Joe Judge. He interviews well as well. He, he was on. He was part of that Belichick staff too, right? Okay, but that's
3: the point I'm making. Was where was Dable at before he was the Bills OC? Oh, not Bama. Let's find out. We got this. Mag- we got get. this magnificent thing called. I don't think it Google. was Bama. I don't think it
2: was Bama, because I know Marone went to Bama. It was after. Bama. I would say because I know a lot of them came from Saban. He was a
3: Patriots yeah. tight end uh Chiefs mm-hmm. OC, Patriots tight end coach, Bama OC, yeah. Bills OC. Okay. Now I, I, I want to say it was Bama. He's kind of all over. Yeah,
2: because it was it. But the re- but the reason I was remembering was like Nick Saban is the only one when you're talking about Bro. that track record. But he's literally literally. Just the only hire one.
3: all of Nick Saban's coordinators. But
2: listen, when I tell you he is literally <laughs> the poster boy for that. So when we hear this type of argument, that is why I directed the way I do because outside of Nick Saban, Show me you, another coach that has been there that long and has oh so many coaches under Saban's his Saban's coaching tree is right. unreal. Saban it is has. unreal. The rest of these dudes y'all hollering about, that is not the case.
3: Did you hear Sark say he made 30K that year that he was working for Alabama and oh, Saban? Come on, bro. <laughs> he was like, I went from there. making $4 million a year to 30K.
2: <laughs> Doug went from being the head coach in the NFL, to let me go work for you, Nick Saban. I'm going to come with your staff. Now they're talking about, hey, hot offensive coordinator,
3: can we get Doug Marrone now? Lane Kiffin. Come on, Lane now. Kiffin from that on, from now. that NFL salary on, to now. consultant. Although he did end up as the OC too eventually. So. Because you go there, it's certain place you go, oh. you know what's going to happen. <sighs> Last one. Mark says, stand up, dust it off, and move forward. That's all we can do. 100, man. You don't seek comfort, man. We don't seek comfort. Seek solutions. We'll continue to seek solutions uh, on Wednesday because no show tomorrow, as you will hear from Mike Tomlin here on SNR at noon big thanks to everybody who tweeted us today we love you guys you're a huge part of the show whether you love us hate us agree with us think we're idiots somewhere in between we always appreciate the heck out of you guys big thanks to chris carter for joining us as well and a shout out to the best co-host in the business arthur nathan moats the third who me (laughs) we will talk to you guys on wednesday it'll be a moats host wednesday always fun you know where to find us it's at high noon on your 24-7. Home of the black and gold.
2: Steelers Nation Radio.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
1: I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy.